welcome to another episode of the Future Positive Podcast, powered by Capitalize. I'm your host, Phil Hobden, Head of Customer Education and Engagement at Capitalize. And as always, I'm joined by Kirsty McGregor, founder of the Corporate Finance Network and Capitalize's very own accountant in residence. Hi, Kirsty, how are you? Hi, Phil, I'm really well, thank you. Uh, we've had we've both been discussing what crazy busy days we've had so we're well into 2022 now aren't we and we're all busy yeah it's it's great right like I, i'm not a fan of uh of kind of sitting around doing nothing uh but 2022 has definitely been fantastic and we started it with some some great interview podcasts we've spoken to some great people this year and we've had our our regular friday podcast has returned and and that's back every friday and you know we're, we're doing some great new stuff um here at capitalize so so actually do you know what it's it, it's a it's a nice start to 2022 um, but I get the feeling we're at the bottom of uh, of of a mountain of stuff and excitement and things to come. So always good to be there, right? Great, really good to be busy. It is so. Um, we uh, we're here today for another one of our fantastic interview series. Um, so today our guest is Andrew Jordan, CEO and co-founder at Connect Four. Andrew is formerly an accountant who moved to the software side, most notably reporting and now reporting and forecasting at Fathom. Ironically, where he and I were once competitors. Um, always like to throw that bit in. We were once, once on the other side of the fence from each other. Not anymore, though. Uh, back in February 2020, just at the start of the pandemic, and with an impressive sixth sense of what was to come, Andrew launched Connect4, an online communication platform designed to help turn meetings into relationships, where, for the past two years, he's been working with accountants and software vendors to supercharge their client conversations, whilst, of course, growing his own business and teams. So, Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I think we're, we're doing this recording in late Jan, so it's, it's too late for Happy New Year, but, but great to be on it. And I'm looking forward to, to chatting. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I joke and say, you know, we, we were once competitors. We were, I like to think we were frenemies, right? We, we were, were kind of like, we, we, work, we were on the other side of the fence, but kind of, you know, always on the, the friendlier side of it. Definitely. Definitely. We're one of the many Fs, one of the many Fs in the uh, the software space. Um, one of the many, many Fs in the software space, indeed. Um, but obviously you're here uh, with uh, with a different hat on today. And I think, Kirsty, you're going to be diving into this with Andrew, aren't you? So, so kind of what are we going to be talking to Andrew about this episode? Well, it's all about meetings. And, you know, we are on a, a, an online video software and we probably wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for the ability to have these online video calls um but let's go back a little bit it is a really busy market uh, video software is not new i mean it's not it's not been around for 30 years but it's not new and there are very many big brands out there already so so why did you create connect four and, and what's the background what led you to to come into this crazy market yeah good good question kirsty and um I guess the first thing to say is we don't really see ourselves as direct competitors with, with the likes of Zoom and Microsoft Teams and, and, and video conferencing platforms that, that are mainstream and, and have been for a long time. Uh, you can, in fact, use those platforms with, with Connect4. Connect4 does have its own video. Um, but I think if, if I rewind and, and kind of um, think about, like, as Phil mentioned, my career today, well, previously at, um, at Fathom, so I was an accountant with a lot of statutory reporting. Um, and then I went to Fathom and I, you know, was a proponent for 
sending management accounts and management reports. And uh, the thing I discovered was that management reports were just getting emailed out in the same way that statutory accounts used to be done. And actually what we were discovering was the best advisors were the ones that held regular conversations with their clients. Um, and that, that was kind of uh, certainly true for accountants where they want to move more and more so to a subscription model. And actually that ongoing engagement with clients was important. Um, but actually we're working predominantly with accountants, but we're seeing that that's useful. Uh, creating that relationship with a customer or client uh, is actually important in lots of different walks of life, but certainly accountants. Um, and that will be kind of, that was why we, where we saw the gap, I suppose. Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't realize that was, that was the background. Um, I mean, I've been on Connect4. I've had a meeting on there with another accountancy firm who was uh, introducing Connect4 to me. And, we, and uh, yeah, it was great with the agenda and everything else in there. And online meetings have allowed businesses to keep trading. I mean, it's kept the world going, really, the ability to have all this software during lockdown. And, and even now, as we move into hybrid working, which I think is probably here to stay. I mean, Bill's running a poll on LinkedIn about this as we speak. And and I definitely think uh, it, it is going to be a real mix going forward. So businesses are now recognising the, the longer term efficiency benefits of holding meetings online. Where do you see, though, online meetings work well, but in person should also be preferred in some ways? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I talking to firms, I've spoken to firms, you know, all, over, all throughout the pandemic in different countries. And, and I think... Uh, there has certainly been a proportion of firms that have decided we're going to go remote only and we're going to service our clients digitally um, and certainly in more uh, larger geographies in the US and, and Australia that's been commonplace for a long time but in the UK we've seen some firms deciding to take that route if I was to start my own firm today I would want to do it in a hybrid way and that's personal opinion you know there's pros and cons and I would like to do um a sort of three to one cadence. So you would meet with a client um, potentially on a quarterly basis uh, and three of those out of those four meetings uh, would be done digitally and one would be in person. That's the way I would like to run uh, a practice personally. Um, and the benefits, I think there's some great benefits to meeting people in person um, and actually building that rapport in person, understanding body language um, is an element to it. But I think actually there's also this element where you can um, enhance that with a digital offering so that you're actually kind of keeping that relationship going across both mediums of in-person and video conferencing. And we're seeing some, some of our customers doing that like, incredibly well on that, on that sort of cadence. That's a great structure. Um, I never thought of it like that, but having that, um, I suppose, that, that discipline of, of making sure that that's how you run the meetings means that you will still keep seeing your clients face-to-face, -face, which I say is so important and contacts for that matter and, and brainstorming and team members and colleagues and so on so as we as we look forward you must now becoming quite an expert and and experiencing all of these ways that meetings are happening um, on the platform and, and off the platform so what are you seeing any trends um happening at the moment and how would you suggest accountants should have more productive meetings uh, with their clients or with their potential clients yeah, it's a good question. I think um, there has been a, a trend where um, I think some firms have taken the opportunity to move towards that more proactive rather than reactive model. And that is based around a, a kind of 
in software speak, we call it kind of like a service level agreement. But, you know, in an accounting firm, if you commit to your clients that look, we will talk to you quarterly and we don't have to have, uh, you know, we will talk you through if your management accounts are up to date, those elements. Um, uh, but, you know, you the default is we will meet with you quarterly as opposed to it being like we will get in touch when you want something because clients don't know what they don't know. So actually having an opportunity to go through numbers as an accountant gives gives a great opportunity to earn more fees, but also to build that relationship. So we are seeing, I have definitely seen the nimble uh, cloud accounting first firms take that approach. Um, and a number of the firm names are, you know, are your uh, award-winning type firms. And there are, there are a whole kind of current of those in, in North America as well that we have, we've seen using our platform. And I think one other area, and I was actually doing a, um, a webinar on this last week with, with Carbon um, in the US, a practice management software, and we were talking about how um, some firms are really taking this opportunity of, of the digital sphere to uh, skill up junior members of staff talking to clients. Um, it's, been a, it's been an area that's been really difficult for firms over the years for, for several reasons. Um, and actually, we're seeing uh, some firms do that really well now um, by standardizing some of that workflow from having oversight of a meeting. Um, and we're seeing some firms really engage with junior staff um, on how they can be a part of that process of, of regularly talking to clients in a safe way. Um, so that, that's been some interesting trends that, that, that we've noticed um, on the platform of some of the kind of the best is the wrong word, but the, the most proactive firms um, do. I suppose, Phil, sorry, just to jump in, I know you won't want to ask a question, but I suppose um, the ability to have meetings recorded as well and it is great for training, isn't it? Because then they can be reviewed afterwards and, and can be used in coaching. And, and sorry, and just and also great for compliance, right? If you can if you can hold those meetings on file somewhere safe, then you've got you've got actually you've got a very good compliance tool because you can actually you can't that's something you can't do on a face-to-face -face, right unless you take a camera and you film it which is you know a very awkward thing to do in a meeting yeah definitely definitely and we're seeing particularly um top 100 firms that use us um are certainly a very keen on that uh, auditability and compliance led um you know that that uh, he said she said kind of thing where actually you've got a record of it um and the way, I mean, the way Connect4 is structured, it's all structured around what we call pods. Um, and a pod is where meetings happen. Uh, each client has their own pod. So um, you can have seniors in this pod uh, without actually being present in the meeting. So they can have oversight of the output of the meeting with the client, see all the past meeting history, any documents, any actions assigned in meetings without being present in the meeting. Um, they also get the meeting summary or the 60-second uh, meeting summary added um, into the pod. Uh, so we've got these kind of oversight mechanisms um, that allow you to more comfortably train juniors. Um, there's been some great stories of that. I mean, I'm just trying to think of one to head, but um, Peter Peter Jarman runs a firm on, on the South Coast with lots of junior members of staff. I'm sure you're familiar with, with PJCO. Um, and his model is to bring lots of young staff members on, you know, often younger than, you know, 25, age 20 to 25. Um, and the way they use Connect4 is really, it allows them to give that, uh, he can set agendas for the organization, which is sort of uh, tailored for each client, but followed by junior members of staff. And it allows him to have oversight of, of meetings. So um, yeah, we're seeing, I've, I love that trend of seeing more junior members of staff talking to clients. It was one thing when I, when I was training as an accountant in London, I really missed out on, you know, you get, get thrown a tax computation with, with no context of 
what is this what impact is going to have on a business owner or, or an omb yeah that's, uh, that's really interesting is one of the things that when i'm training firms here at capitalize one of the biggest things that i i talk about is is exactly that it's you might be confident having conversations with your clients but actually how are you empowering your teams to have conversations with clients because your single point of failure right if you're the only person talking to that client and and you're you stop talking to that client for any reason that relationship dies or that conversation dies and actually if you're not empowering those other people they're gonna do one of two things they're gonna they're gonna not really kind of benefit the business as well as they could or and, and we see this a lot at the moment you know hashtag great resignation they're gonna they're gonna go and and go to firms that are gonna allow them to do that because there's a lot of digital firms out there um andrew just interestingly you've had it's quite a change right you've gone from being um in a business to to running a business and and raising capital and and all these kind of things that go with it in in a in a in a kind of a, a fintech business which is called a, a tech business i guess which you are Talk me through that. What what are the challenges? How have you found that kind of moving over from kind of one side to the other? Yeah, um, I, it's it's certainly interesting, and I learned a lot. So previously, obviously, I was at Fathom, and my my role at Fathom was to set up the operations in the UK. So I was a director there, and I I kind of saw it as a little bit of a try run. I wasn't I didn't have a um, a stake in the business. I had a um, a revenue share agreement with, with business in the UK and, and that's and I set up a, a successful team in the UK um, and so I kind of felt like I had a dry run of the software space so prior to that if you go back a step I was working as a finance controller in the mining industry in Australia so if you go a step back before that I was uh, working in corporate tax and M&A at, at, at a, a big accounting firm in Baker Street so my, my career jumped around a lot early on, but then I felt that with Fathom, I'd learned a lot about how to run a, a B2B software company. In terms of then doing it yourself, it's a whole other level of pressure. For any um, person, you know, accounting firm owner listening to this, uh, I can, and if they've been doing it for many years, I completely sympathise. <laughs> um, it is a whole other, it's a whole other realm. Um, and I think capital raising, especially, I went down a route where I raised from uh, angel investors, so that's people who uh, have have personal capital to invest into companies. And uh, I focused on the accounting software industry. So we have a number of people, like the founder of Practicing Nation or the founder of HubDoc or the founder of Auto Entry, and, and a number of others that believed in the Connect Four mission and invested at that point. And they've been a huge help to me with that, um, with with support as as the journey goes, because it is a journey. As a business owner and there's highs and lows um, and, and certainly we've experienced kind of both sides of that roller coaster already it's interesting and i guess what was the thing that made you think actually this was the because ironically whatever the thing that made you think this was the right time like a couple of months later obviously you didn't think in february 2020 i'm going to start a business and start it a few days later it's obviously been on your mind for a while but but what what, what made you kind of make that decision and again how did that kind of how was that impacted by what happened in 2020 right because i guess whatever you were thinking before covid came along like it it very much changed probably for the better i'm guessing to a degree kind of what you were looking to do yeah i mean i can answer this question in so many different ways so i'll, I'll take one lens on it i think um, i've always been interested in in the kind of uh, relationship side business relationships but you know relationships more broadly I, um but uh, uh, especially business relationships and i felt 
that there was another level deeper to go with with accountants um, where actually we can build that relationship that transparent two-sided CRM was the first pitch I looked at when positioning what we built um, and I, I was really pulled by that um, and I was at a position where I was you know financially secure enough to do it and to invest into the company myself and then uh, I started made that decision and then and then COVID happened and my wife's a, a respiratory doctor so she was in the hospital every hour of the day um, so I had the opportunity basically to work in the evenings and um, so I started connect Four whilst you know while still working at fathom in the evenings basically uh, and then over time had the complete support of, of the fathom founders to go part part time and and before i knew it connect Four was breathed into life i suppose it's, a, it's an amazing story and i think you know like they sometimes say timing is everything and i guess that the, the timing of covid was both useful for for what was to come with kind of that that twist in that relationship model, but also to, to give you the opportunity to do it. So I, I think it's great. And I think your, your kind of mission around kind of better conversations and empowering better conversations is such a powerful one and deeper relationships because we, yeah, we know that a lot of accounting firms lose clients, not because of pricing or price, but actually quite often because of the relationship not being there. So any tools that they can have to, to, to deepen that, I think is is fantastic, right? Well, there was always some, um, you, you won't remember this, Phil, you weren't in the accounting profession world, um, but I remember 25 probably years ago, which is showing my age somewhat. I definitely uh, there, there was a survey that was very widely quoted at the time that uh, accountancy firms lost clients. On the whole, 68% of clients were lost due to what they called perceived indifference and that that um that survey hasn't been repeated but it would be really useful to get up to date but I bet that statistic hasn't really changed much that clients believed they weren't important enough to the firm and that was 25 years ago and I really you know think we need to shift that message on now and then hopefully make some improvements and, and Andrew's got exactly that that uh, drive I'll go I'll go on to kind of say on top of that the same goes that I think a number of clients aren't aware of what you can do for them as an accountant. Um, the number of uh, clients that were going to management consultants, that were going to um, independent financial advisors, where actually you could just talk to your accountant, talk to them about you know cash flow, financing needs potentially, you know, with, with, and the likes of how capitalized might be able to help. Uh, but also, you know, in other scenarios as well, like the, your accountant can help um, in, in many scenarios or signpost you in the right direction. So. I think that regular cadence or service kind of service level agreement for the accounting firm is a really powerful model um, going forward. No, absolutely. Um, so, look, Andrew, final question. This is a question we ask of all of our guests here on the Future Positive podcast, um, and it's a simple one. What excites you about the future? That's deep. That's deep. I, I, I'm. <laughs> um, I'm really excited about the digital space. You know, I think there's. I think. Uh, you know, our mission is to, to keep human relationships central to a more digital world. And, you know, there is a, there is a, a danger that we don't go down that road. Um, and I think I'm a, you know, a staunch advisor, you know, advocate for that. Actually, human relationships are still vitally important and uh, bots aren't going to solve all our, all our needs and wants. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited by the fact that actually people are looking um, to 
run the firms, run the businesses in, in hybrid and digital ways. People are looking to optimize um, so that they are still keeping human relationships, so that they are still knowing who their clients are rather than just being uh, a name or a company. And I think there's not lots of tools that are helping with that, um, be it synchronous communication in the meeting, be it asynchronous communication. Um, I think that's a really exciting space where we can um, you know, continue, continue to optimize what that looks like in, in the digital world. So I think there's a lot of opportunity um, to, to kind of serve clients better and give you know, good first impressions and ongoing service delivery. Um, so that's quite focused to accountants, but it does make me excited about what, what firms can do now. Brilliant. Well, look, thanks, Andrew. It's been great to talk to you today. As always, I mean, always great to talk to you. Um, just uh, just to signpost people, where can uh, where can our audience find out more about you and, and the work you're doing at Connect4? Yeah, if you want to find out more about me personally, uh, jump on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on that quite regularly. If you want to find out about Connect4, it's connect4.app. And uh, you can take out a, a free trial there or you can run internal meetings for free. Cool. Perfect. Well, look, thanks again, Andrew. Um, for those of you uh, new to Capitalize, we are funding and capital platform designed to support accountants to build healthy balance sheets and relationships with their SME clients. Don't forget to tune in every Friday on this podcast feed to our new weekly show, Friday Breakfast with Phil and Kirsty, our bite-sized wrap-up of the key stories for accountants and business advisors in the news that week. And there's always... Oh, always so much going on in that space. Um, for those of you who don't already, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Amazon Music, and all good podcast platforms. And finally, for more about the Future Positive Podcast and Capitalize, check out capitalize.com. Thanks, Andrew, for joining us. Thanks, Kirsty, for uh, being here and asking the questions as always. And uh, thank you, listeners, for uh, taking the time to uh, listen to us. Take care and we will see you on Friday.